You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today for a fun cyclical chat, and it's just a great day to talk. It's not the summer solstice on the day that you are listening to this, but it is on the day that we are recording this, so it's just a great day to chat. But I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Thank you, Steph. Hey, everybody. It's Jamie Day from Divine Mommy and the Soul to Sisterhood book. Um, My passion is reconnecting women to themselves with sovereignty, self-love, and pleasure. And today we're going to talk about our cyclical awareness specifically how our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our emotions connect deeply to the lunar phases, the seasonal phases, and the archetypal phases of womanhood, and how we can just love ourselves a little bit better with more compassion. (laughs) such a great topic, and I'm so happy. And I know that, you know, I really should do a video version of this because I know that the listeners can't see you right now, but I can. And you're just like smiling and glowing and you have like the most fun like background behind you. So I feel like maybe I should take a screenshot and let everybody see that because you just like, you are exactly what you just described. Oh, thank you. Yes, please do. This is my sacred space, my office that doubles as a sanctuary. Um, So yeah, much magic happens here. I have a hard time not smiling when I'm in here. (laughs) And what you can't see is I've got crystals everywhere and herbs and essential oils. So this is my sacred space. I love it. So let's get started, first of all, by talking about how you even got to this place where you are. What did your path look like in life before you came to all of these determinations that you did? Oh my gosh. It's like everybody's story. So, I mean, I think filled with a lot of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I graduated undergraduate uh, school in 1997 with a degree in musical theater performance. So I moved right to New York City and started working as an actor in musical theater And then had a complete life shift in early 2004. I had moved to Los Angeles and a relationship that had been very long-term had ended rather abruptly. And I got a call from a professional theater in Sarasota, Florida to come here and do a new play. And I said, no. (laughs) And shortly thereafter, I was in my car with my two dogs driving cross country from Los Angeles to the Western coast of Florida with no intention of staying. And that was in 2005. And here I am all these years later. This is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. Um, So when I got to Sarasota and wanted to stay here, I felt such a call to the land. I mean, and at that point, I really hadn't started the opening, my my shamanic healing journey, as one of my teachers likes to say. Um, However, I did have a very strong conviction that I was meant to be here, regardless of if I knew why. So I changed gears rather quickly, went back to graduate school, became a licensed psychotherapist and registered drama therapist so that I could kind of 
just re-authenticate what I was doing in a way to be of service. And during that time, I went on two spiritual pilgrimages to Egypt, both of which were life-changing. And that started me on my journey of studying esoteric healing, which is a form of energy medicine based on Alice Bailey's works that she channeled in from the Tibetan theosophist, Dual Kool, before her death, um, before 1940. And that started me on understanding energy and chakras and healing and really kind of breaking down those barriers of the third dimension. I wouldn't have called it that then, but creating a strong knowing of this multidimensional landscape that we're so blessed to get to be a part of. And then I graduated from graduate school, became a licensed clinician, had my daughter, and that cracked me wide open because I knew I was bringing a girl child into this world. And I felt so just on fire with so much determination to really get right within myself, with my relationship to the feminine. And that led me to many teachers, starting with Vicki Noble, and she led me to uh, feminist historians and archaeomythologists that talked about discovering our ancient matrifocal and matrilineal roots. And that kind of blew my mind for everything that I felt like I had been taught up until that point as real and true. And then I started to discover this beautiful work about cyclical awareness and how connected we are to mother moon. I'd always been so aware, you know, my mom was a teacher and she actually taught at my high school, which I loved, but I remember she and her friends would always say, Oh, it's a full moon. Meaning they knew the students were acting like just kind of crazy. And I had that kind of context, but I had nothing to the level of nuance that I realized I was really seeking when it came to understanding myself as a woman, as a very ancient sovereign being in this modern mystery school, which is another term another teacher of mine uses, and trying to really approach my needs spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, uh, what I wanted to crave, what I was wanting to put in my body, trying to understand how that was ever changing and finding a way to compassionately relate to myself. And as soon as I discovered all of this cyclical wisdom, I knew I had to share it. And so that's when I started my first Divine Mommy University group, that's a 29-week uh, deep dive into female shamanism, of which this cyclical awareness is definitely a large part. And then that has grown so much. And you can see behind me this row of books. That's the Soul to Sisterhood book. And there are many journaling activities in there and experiential activities to really embody this lunar wisdom as a way to just relate to ourselves and the cyclical nature of how we as women are gifted to be um, so that we can relate to that with more compassion. Because honestly, Steph, we live in a very linear friendly world. We don't live in a cyclical friendly world. And it's my hope that we start to change that just, you know, one womb, one heart at a time. So that's kind of how I got to where I am. That is a great story. And you are absolutely correct that we live in a very linear world and it can be really hard for us because we are 
all of us sort of made to live that cyclical cycle. So it's out of sync with what we're feeling like we should be doing and what the world is telling us that needs to be done. Yeah, it's such a, oh, it's a push and pull. And if we don't have a really strong foundation of what we know to be true for ourselves, it is so easy to just drink the water that we're swimming in. Um, You know, and that's really what's been happening for about 5,000 years. And it's my hope that through my different women's groups and my one-on-one healing practice um, and the Soul to Sisterhood book that, that we really get to start to unspool what we've been told is the truth so that we can recreate what we know to be our sovereign empowered wisdom, which is different. Let's assume somebody is coming at this for the very first time. Can you chat a little bit about this cyclical, the four cycles, you know, lunar, seasonal, how that relates to our own cycles? What, where would somebody start if they're brand new? Absolutely. First things first is we got to say, if you are still bleeding, this is part of your story. If you are not still bleeding, this is part of your story. Miranda Gray wrote a wonderful book called Red Moon. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about, she goes over in that book. But one of the terms that she so beautifully uses is the moon sisterhood. And I like to say in my groups that we're all part of the moon sisterhood because that sisterhood includes everyone who has ever bled or birthed throughout all time and all space. So it's all of us, sister. And so we have four phases to our bleeding cycle. And a lot of them we know about specifically because we spend a lot of our lives trying not to get pregnant or trying to get pregnant. So we know about our ovulation. And then when we bleed, letting us know that we're not actively carrying a human child. So those become very much part of our like everyday sort of living. We get that. But there are two other phases that kind of fall a little bit um, more into the unknown ethers that I want to bring to the forefront because it's the power of four, because there are four menstrual aspects. There are four aspects to our menstrual cycle. There are four phases to the lunar cycle and they sync up. There are four phases to the seasonal cycle, they sync up, and there are four aspects of the divine feminine archetypes, which sync up too. So to start with, the first thing I suggest to women when I'm working with them is figure out what your day one is. That's the first day you bleed. And if you're not actively bleeding or you're not bleeding in a way that you feel like you can track your menstrual cycle, then figure out what day is the dark crone moon. So we just had the dark crone moon on Sunday, June 18th. So for those of us not actively bleeding and cycling menstrually, or for those of us that feel like we don't cycle in a way that is monthly or easy enough to track, let's just consider our day one to be Mother Moon's day one, which is the dark crone moon. And then once we kind of know what our day one is, 
then we can start to track day by day and we can start to see where we are menstrually and where Mother Moon is lunarly. So to take it back just a sec, Steph, let me let me just ask everybody to get in your left brain, get in your analytical left brain and get ready to think about how things correlate. So let's talk about this. I just said two words, dark and crone. Well, three really, dark crone moon. It's a really important thing to start thinking of how these all work together. So when mother moon is dark in the night sky, that correlates to typically when we're bleeding, it also correlates to the archetype of the crone and it correlates to the season of winter. So that's a lot to think of right there. Let's keep moving on though, from the crone, which is day one and consider the first aspect of the phases, we go directly into the waxing maiden moon. That's stage or phase number two. Now the waxing maiden moon is when mother moon is growing in the night sky. It's the crescent moon, the half moon. And the waxing maiden moon correlates to the follicular time of our menstrual cycle, which is our body preparing to ovulate. It also correlates to the season of spring. So right there, Steph, when you think about winter and spring, when you think about dark moon and waxing moon or the words crone and maiden, tell me what's going on for you in your mind and in your heart. What are you thinking and feeling? I, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that those are complete opposites and especially in how I'm feeling, because I, I love the like winter and all things dark moon and spring. I'm like, Oh, this is terrible. So it's interesting how those, um, line up there. Well, let's talk about the psychology of the sacred feminine. So the psychology of the sacred feminine is a beautiful spiral never ending, never beginning, always fluctuating. So when we think about the dynamic aspects of those polar opposites, the spectrum from the crone, dark moon and winter to the waxing maiden moon of spring, you're right. They seem like two complete polar opposites. And yet we as women experience them usually from seven days to seven days. They bookend right together through our menstrual wisdom and our lunar wisdom of which we are beautifully influenced by. So when we think about giving ourselves permission to be a crone for week one and then to switch to being a maiden for week two, a lot of us, our sensibilities are like, hold up. Whoa, wait just a minute. Nobody's going to recognize me. My work's not going to like me being all over the map, emotionally, mentally, physically. You know, my my partner's not going to get it because, you know, romantically, sensually, sexually, those are polar opposites. Because that's the world we live in. Like you were saying, it's a linear, friendly world. We want things that are predictable and we want things that are productive <laughs> that's right so true. it that's what's applauded however our cellular memory our blood memory knows that it wasn't but a few thousand years ago really not even that long 
ago that our tribal calendar, our community's events were scheduled around honoring the dynamic influences of our cyclical awareness as it relates to our menstrual cycle and the lunar cycle, as well as the seasonal cycle. So we remember it and that's why we feel this. So, and that's just two of the four phases. So if, if listeners today, I know we're talking about a lot. I asked us to turn that left brain on to, to retain some of this more specific nuanced information. But if you remember only two things, remember that when mother moon is dark, And when mother moon is waning, meaning she's pulling in to go dark, we haven't even talked about that. That's phase number four. That's when we as women are naturally going to want to be on a retreat. We want to be on the input. That's when we replenish. We pull our energy back into ourselves. When mother moon is waxing, meaning she's growing or she's full in the night sky, that's when we're naturally going to feel more inclined to be on the output. Our energy is going to be external. We might feel more extroverted. We're going to have more, a lot more physical, mental, emotional desire to want to connect and collaborate and, you know, be sort of on the output. We get to be both. We get to be both and, and we get to remember that it's okay to be cyclical, even if this world wants to fight us and tell us we've got to be predictable and productive day in and day out. Because there's a way to work with the beautiful artistry of this cyclical awareness so that it really benefits us. And we know that when we put ourselves first with unconditional self-love and self-care and self-awareness we start to pour from a a full cup we're not pulling from it pouring from an empty cup and every relationship that we have everything that we come into contact with benefits from that however it does take just a little bit of doing because we've got to get ourselves in the habit of really honoring our cyclical awareness and our cyclical nature which makes so much sense. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we're really, really worth it. (laughs) Really worth it. You know what? We don't tell ourselves that enough. Mm, Yeah. Namaste to that. I'll cheers. I've got some filtered water here that I'll (laughs) I'll drink to that with. (laughs) No, that is, that's absolutely true. We need to tell ourselves that more often. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, every time we do this for ourselves, our daughters are watching, whether they're our blood daughters or our spirit daughters or just younger women that are noticing us. They're watching and they're taking notice. They're taking note. No, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're ready to talk about phase uh, three and four? All right. Let's let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. So we've talked about the crone dark moon correlates to the season of winter and when we're bleeding. We talked about the waxing maiden moon correlates to the season of spring, and it also correlates to the pre-follicular phase, right? We've already talked about how those two feel like polar opposites, but we've got to be thinking we're working with the wheel of the year, just as we are 
in summer solstice right now, while you and I are recording this, we've got to think about the wheel of the year, the wheel of the lunar cycle, the wheel of the archetypal expression being consistently and ever cycling. So stage number three is the one that we know, the full moon. We hear about howling at the moon. It's part of our, you know, mythology with things happening at the full moon. It's very mystical and magical. Um, there are mystical, magical beasts that we know are activated at the full moon. However, the full moon works with the archetype of the mother. So if you can think about Mother Moon's full pregnant belly in the sky, illuminating the way for us to dance in our authenticity as if she's mothering us into being, then this full Mother Moon gives us this permission to be on the output, to be on that energetic sort of extroverted uh, a wave. Um, it also correlates to the time of ovulation and the season that it correlates to is the season of summer. So the full moon really gifts us a lot of energy to care give, a lot of fertility for human children and idea children. The full moon gives us that sort of fulcrum point to be that collaborative um, communicator and community member where we get to bring people together. It really gives us that kind of energy to be on that output. So then I'm going to talk about stage number four. Stage number four is my favorite favorite stage. However, she is the part of us that has been the most, I would say, um, misappropriated, misunderstood. Um, it's the archetype of the enchantress. And this archetype correlates to the waning moon when mother moon is growing smaller to go dark, correlates to the season of fall, if you think about fall kind of in the Midwestern part of the country, the Northern part of our country where we live, um, it's all about bringing the harvest in to prepare for the dark night of winter. So it's a very crucial time of preparation. Um, it's also the time known as the luteal phase. And Steph, got any idea what part of the menstrual cycle the luteal phase is? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, it's personally when I'm the most fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm the most wild. And I love it. Yeah, wild, wild is definitely a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Enchantress, though, too. That's a great archetype. It just like makes me so much happier about the whole situation. <laughs> well, for those of you who want to hear what the luteal phase is more commonly referred to as in our modern day world, it is PMS, <laughs> right? Pre-menstrual syndrome. And this phase has been, I mean, the powers that be have attempted to surgically remove this phase from us. Right. We've got medications. We have um, all kinds of, you know, proscripted prescriptions to help us just bypass this part of our menstrual wisdom. And it's because she is aggressive in her authenticity. 
She is steadfastly sovereign. She is wild and wise. She is our inner witch woman who does not take any BS from anybody. And she will react in ways that are not considered nice or appropriate to give us the space we need to just get clear to honor her. So no wonder she hasn't been culturally supported because she is so wild. She needs no outside validation to live her truth. <laughs> she's also extremely sexual and sensual. She's primal in us. And she is so crucially important. No, that makes me feel better about that whole, that whole week. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. It's my favorite time. I'm like, I'm just, I'm leaning into it and eating all the chocolate that I want to and enjoying my life. <laughs> Absolutely, sister. And you got to think too, like when we are on this emotional dragon ride, it is not something happening to us so that we can, you know, have a miserable time in our relationships and get irritable and pissed off at everybody. That emotional resonance is happening for us because we haven't even really gotten to talk about this yet, but as women, we are psychically connected to all of the multi-dimensional fabric. So the time when those veils get the thinnest is the enchantress. We have this emotional fire as part of a preparatory thing to get us ready to psychically channel in all of this wisdom that's going to come at the bleeding time. It's almost like you got to think of that fire getting us hot enough that we can burn so purely that we become these divine vessels. And this isn't something that I'm just making up that we get to think about in our modern world. No, this has gone on for thousands of years that when women were bleeding together, the tribe knew that the women were that psychically connected at that time that the body was releasing the magic of the blood, that women would get together to meditate and to get quiet so that they could divine in prophecy for the destiny and well-being of their people. It's that important, sisters, that we honor ourselves. And this doesn't have to look like cloistering ourselves away. I realize that's not a reality in our modern day mystery school. You know, we got little league games. We got lunches to pack. We've got partners to listen to. We've got jobs and responsibilities to meet. However, if we can carve out one minute of each working hour to just get quiet and divine in these intuitive realms of guidance from our higher selves, especially during the enchantress and the crone, the waning and the dark moon, it's going to really just sustain us through the other two stages and cycles so much. We're going to feel like a sense of being given a buoyancy that we didn't know we were missing. Does that make sense talking about how deeply reverent 
and important this time is? Yeah, absolutely. And it is something that we ignore or like you said, try to medicate and make it go away. And I absolutely understand that for some women that it's crippling and you absolutely need the medication in that instance. But yeah, for me, I, in the last couple of years have definitely embraced that week instead. And I, I don't know, I don't hate it. Like I used to, like I thought I had to. Yeah. Um, you know, Miranda Gray, who I had mentioned, wrote the book Red Moon. I was lucky enough about five years ago to get to get to do a workshop with her at the Goddess Conference held in Glastonbury every year. And during this workshop, she was focusing exclusively on the Enchantress archetype. And she said that if we are experiencing discord, anything that can be considered dis-ease other than optimal well-being throughout the cycles. That is a beautiful message from our higher self, from our divine feminine knowing that we need more self-love and more self-care. And that when we pour that more into ourselves, our ease with which we navigate this cyclical awareness just becomes richer, fuller, easier to be able to understand and live through. So I love that. Like anytime we start to feel the crunchiness of the cyclical awareness, it's just a message to love ourselves even more. Crunchiness is such a great word to describe that. I like it. Do you have any advice that you would give to beginners who are just sort of starting to figure this all out or are kind of listening to this and they're like, oh, wow, maybe I, maybe I need to look into this more and and start figuring out my own cycle. It's a lot. It's a (laughs) lot to start with, but I'm telling you sisters, this is nothing you need to learn. You know it. It's in your blood. It's in your body. So all we've got to do is re-remember Okay, so first things first, like I said before, find out what your day one is. When you're bleeding, and if you're not actively bleeding anymore, when Mother Moon's day one is, and that is when she turns dark in our night sky. I call it the dark crone moon. Some people refer to it as the new moon. For me, that's always been a little confusing because then other people refer to the maiden waxing moon as the new moon. So I always call it the dark crone moon. And that's just as easy as looking up on Google. Where are we at? What what lunar phase? You can find a lunar calendar that's going to tell you exactly where you are. Um as far as where Mother Moon is cycling through what's called her synodic calendar, which is about like 28, 29.5 days that she cycles through for each cyclical um, event for all four cycles. And, you know, it can get even more, I would say, um, specific because we're just talking about the four main lunar cycles. There are actually eight. We're talking about the four main aspects of the menstrual cycle, the four main aspects of the seasonal cycle, the four main aspects of the archetypal cycle. But here's the thing, Steph, is that they all start to blend together and weave their magic together the more that we dance with them. So is it Does it feel complex, maybe, and a little off-putting at first? It can, but trust yourself. 
just start simple. Start with what your day one is or what Mother Moon's day one is. Start to learn where she is in the night sky. Set your calendar to tell you when the waxing moon is, the full moon, the waning moon, and the dark moon. Start to pay attention to your body. What do you notice with day one being the first day of your bleeding? What do you notice next week when you're in the follicular phase? Do you notice your energy increasing? Do you notice your dreams changing? Do you notice your emotional resonance maybe evening out just a little bit more? Do you notice you're more outspoken and fierce? Boy, that's what that maiden gives us. She's our spiritual activist through and through. Then also notice when you're ovulating or when mother moon is full. What do you notice? Do you feel softer? Do you feel more apt to want to care give? How do you want to nourish your body? Like you said, with chocolate during the luteal phase, what are you craving? For me, my dreams, my thought patterns, and what I want to eat <laughs> and how I'm feeling sexually those are always big places for me to kind of turn in and have that heightened level of self-awareness that's going to lead me to self-compassion. So just be aware of where Mother Moon is, be aware of where you are on your cycle. And here's the other thing I wanted to say, Steph, for women who aren't actively cycling or who feel like they don't cycle consistently enough to track it that way, you can cycle right along with Mother Moon. Or you might have a longer cycle that you start to learn about yourself and you might cycle right along with Mother Earth. So think about it instead of a week, you know, give or take like from six to eight or nine days of a cyclical feeling or resonance, you might have more of like a 12 week period that you really resonate with the archetypal seasonal lunar wisdom. I think the best thing to think of is just you do you. Nobody's more of an expert of you being you than you. So just really start to gauge where you are. Um, I've got a Divine Mommy Moon journal that I'd be happy to share with anybody. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, I'm at divine.mommy. Just direct message me the word sisterhood. And I'll go ahead and start the conversation going. I'll send you my Divine Mommy Moon Journal, which is just a daily journal to just jot down notes how you're feeling every day. And then the other thing too, Steph, is to remember that with the advent of electrical lighting, <laughs> which has been going on for quite some time, a lot of us don't cycle with Mother Moon anymore. Does that mean that we're not invited to the Moon Sisterhood? Absolutely not. What it means is we are just even more dynamic in our embodiment of this cyclical wisdom. Because Mother Moon might be in her crone phase, we might be ovulating. So it just gives us even more depth to understand why we are feeling the way we're feeling, thinking the way we're feeling, acting the way we're acting, reacting the way we're acting, reacting. So just get to know yourself in this way. And there are plenty of wonderful resources out there. I have a four session offering called Embodying Your Lunar Wisdom, where I work with women one-on-one -on -one and couples um, to just go through the archetypes 
how that plays with our psychology, our energy, our sexuality, our emotionality, our, our mental energy. Um, there are lots of ways to just soften into this ancient future wisdom and access deeper levels of compassion and awareness for the self. I hope that answers the question. It does. Absolutely. Thank you. And listeners, I am going to have everything linked that Jamie just mentioned. So you want to go over on Instagram, check out the website, all of those things. Everything will be linked at witchwednesdays.com as usual. So you can check out everything. And thank you, Jamie, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And all of the advice and knowledge that you just offered in the last 40 minutes. I really appreciate it. Oh, Steph, thank you. I so appreciate you just feeling that intuitive tug in your heart that this felt in alignment. Every time we have conversations like this, honey, we put golden coins in the bank account of the goddess. And when we do that, we uplift every living thing. And the more that we can embody our divine feminine sovereignty and empowerment through those vibrations of self-love, self-compassion, self-authenticity, and awareness, the more that we uplift every living thing. Our world really needs us, and we need us. So these conversations are crucial. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. And listeners, that's everything that I have for this week. I will see you next week. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.